Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Comics Evolve, where we discuss all things around comics, media, culture, with your hosts, Andy, Jarian, and Alex. Welcome to Comics Evolve, myself, Andy Stead. And I'm Jarian Gibson. And I'm Alex Stroud. Uh, how are we doing, guys? How's Jarian? Doing pretty good. I am on location again. I'm actually in uh, Seattle, Washington this week for work. So hopefully no issues uh, using the hotel Wi-Fi to get this going. Ch- chesting out the uh, hotel Wi-Fi. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Alex, how are you? Good, good. I didn't get back into town until like 1 a.m. last night and didn't sleep for a few hours last night. So I'm about to pass out at like six o'clock here already. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm so tired. So I'll be I'll be heading to bed here probably after this. So. And it's and it's late here in the UK. So we we are just soldiering on through this. This just goes to show how important this is. You know, this is important. Um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, we're here today. We're going to be talking about that Loki season two finale. Uh, what a great finale that was. We'll get stuck into that uh, any moment. Um, we're going to have some news. We've got some rumors. I know we're going to tackle a few other little bits and pieces today. Um, we are not going to be talking about the Marvels today, even though we have all seen it. Um, that is going to be coming next week. So uh, if you're here to listen to us talk about the Marvels, <laughs> like, like Nostalgia Pub Blasters just said there <laughs> on the comments, um, yeah, hi fellas, saw the Marvels and he liked it. Catch us next Monday and we're going to be talking about um, the Marvels. All right, Nostalgic Pub Blast. Yeah, okay, good man. Um, so yeah, let's get stuck in. Uh, Loki season two finale. What a great finale. You know what? I know I'm just overall, just speaking generally, and if you listen to this show and you guys know, after episode three, I was doubting this show. I was like, oh, I loved the first episode. I thought that was brilliant. Episodes two and episode three, I was like, oh, just there was something missing. I just didn't see it. I didn't feel it. Then four picked it up, five knocked it out of the park. And then the finale just absolutely nailed this. And for me, I would put this, I don't know where it's going to sit at the minute, but I would put this in my top five Marvel projects of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And and I, th- I think what was awesome, too, was we called some of this episode, too, in the previous episode when we discussed this, like, talking about, like, you know, Timely dying, like, several times, talking about, like, Loki working through that, you know, like, one of my favorite moments in this episode was when Loki asked OB, like, how long would it take me to learn about physics as much as you know? And he's like, maybe decades, maybe centuries. And it's like, centuries later and then all of a sudden he knows everything there is to know you know um so it's a great episode fantastic yeah that that meme i posted earlier with you alex i shared about uh the norman osborne one it's like how, how <laughs> fast can you learn this He's centuries later i'm somewhat of a scientist now myself <laughs> with, with him with long black hair as loki's <laughs> i'd say what i really loved about that as well was that um you know, we've been saying for a couple of episodes, haven't we, about how short a time period this has been for Loki himself. I know the time works differently in the TVA, I know that. But for Loki himself, it's been a few weeks. Not even that, really. Matter of days, like Renslayer said earlier on in the season, that, that since she left the TVA, so since the end of season one. So it's got to be, in Loki's time, up to that point, it's still only got to be a couple of weeks since yeah. he left New York. And now, all of a sudden, he's now lived another couple of hundred years on top of that relearning everything about uh quantum physics and and engineering and all that kind of stuff so i love that that idea that we've kind of 
it was a, it reminded me a little bit of um doctor strange in infinity war and he was when he came back after seeing all of the 14 million and six futures he was a different person he yeah. was totally a different person and you see that with loki like he's sort of confident and he just knows everything he's he's now no longer bumbling around like a bit of a fool not really knowing what this stuff is now he knows exactly how these machines work and he, he goes around just typing everything in and getting pushing people out of the way um but yeah i just winding back to what you were saying alex about the the multiple victor timely deaths i thought that was absolutely fantastic yeah, I loved uh, I loved everything. Like Loki got to the point where, with the dialogue, he would be speaking to people, and he would knew knew exactly what they were gonna say. And like, even when he like goes down there, and he's like, you know, he's got Obi's model of the temporal loom and everything like that, and he pulls that out. Obi's like, "That's not completed." He's like, "What are you talking about? Looks fantastic. Looks great." Anyways, timely. This is you. You see that the guy in that little costume looks just like you. That's gonna be you. You know, like you walk right down here. I just I thought it was so funny. It was like he was like, "We got to get." to the fastest route to get this done you know and uh yeah i mean it was it was a great episode i love the music that they played um with the song but that was such a good song that they chose for that um honestly like everything up until the finale like this episode moved so fast and mm -hmm. so good and the pacing i felt was excellent and uh yeah i mean what great great episode yeah, the entire series pacing was ex uh, excellent. I remember saying that before. It's like there always seemed like there's that one or two episodes that it feels like a lull. They're trying to do filler, but this the whole series from episode one to episode six had had great pacing. And speaking of the whole time loop and him um, interrupting things like um, the conversations and you know trying to get things faster. The best part for me is when he walked into the room with Miss Minutes and Renslayer and Brad. And he goes in there and does something, and the look on Miss Minutes' face mm -hmm. uh, at that point, because it was like she was like, like flabbergasted at what was going on, and then boom, back to back to the room to to work on the the loom. Mm -hmm. It gave me um, a lot of um, Edge of Tomorrow vibes. That kind of no, again, do it yep. again. You know, again. do it again. Yeah, just just good. Do it again, and it was very much like that Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, where they just keeps dying, and she she sort of shouts at him. Now when he's doing the training in the room, she goes, "Oh, again!" She just goes over and shoots him, and then he starts again. Um, so yeah, I love that that loop, that repetitiveness, and uh, like you said, Alex, we called that. Yeah, one one of my favorite moments was, and I believe we we discussed this last episode was like when he goes basically back and discuss the gambit of the whole situation with He Who Remains, and he's yes. like, you know, he talks to He Who Remains, and He Who Remains like basically like freezes Sylvie, and he's like, let me guess, you haven't learned to do that yet, like. He's like, okay, well, I'll let you just keep going around and around and around and around, you know, until you finally figure it out. And then at one point, Loki and him are talking, and Loki snaps his fingers, and she stops. And he's like, you don't realize how many times we've had this conversation. I was just like, man, that's so awesome. Like, yeah, that was a complete rope-a-dope by Loki the entire time, playing He Remains, playing stupid to, to see what He Remains would divulge to him without him knowing what Loki can actually do. So that was classic right there. Yeah, I still, I'm still not entirely sure who was in control and when uh, those, in those conversations, though. You know, that you, you never quite felt like, wait a minute, is, does he know or does he know or do they both know or does, do you know what I mean? I never, I, it was never really ultimately clear who had, and it still isn't, really, I mean, we'll get on to the end of the show in a moment, but it still isn't really clear who's got the upper hand here. Um, and I don't think, I don't think he who remains or Kang or whoever you, 
whatever variant that you know they're still as strong as they were before it's in a stronger position i feel like this is like such a strong like moment in the mcu of like looking at like he who remains is trying to tell loki like you're destined to do this like either go towards the multiversal war or take my seat one or the other either kill sylvie and do this and do you know fix all this or you don't multiversal war and this was like loki trying to prevent trying to make an option three by the end yeah. of this episode you know like so this is like loki trying to have that free will to do what he thinks which is you know like try and let the multiverse have free will and i love that line where they talk about like the multiplier is supposed to fix that issue of how the loom basically has constantly branching timelines that create an infinite number that continue to create more and more and more and eventually it's always going to melt down right like yep. the multiplier is not going to be able to stop that so now loki is like the multiplier right like loki is going to be the one that kind of like hones all that in so i thought that was awesome back to that he remains conversation with, with loki i felt like loki was in control the entire time because when i said i felt like classic it felt like classic loki go back to the first door when we find out the whole time it was loki all along pulling the strings the whole thing with the um with the frost giants and yodaheim all that kind of maneuvering to become king of asgard this felt like classic Loki manipulation in that aspect with the whole thing with he, he remains mm-hmm. a nice a nice little play on the uh, Black Widow and Loki conversation yep. as well from uh, and just you know where uh, Loki thought he was in control of that conversation but actually um, Natasha was in control of that conversation yeah uh, from I- the chat here real quick Nostalgic uh, Podblast honestly I'm getting the alter- alternate universe timeline fatigue multiverse this. Uh, multiverse that which I, I can see that and they seem to be balancing that out you know between some projects because we're going to shift now to echo which is going to be more street level so we won't hear as much about the multiverse and it seems like now later on it gets the news that we might only have one movie next year which is going to be a multiversal movie but some of the other projects in the pipeline aren't so as much multiverse focused i think as well what doesn't help is um you know obviously with dc and the flash um that was all about in different timelines different universes we've had um you know invincible season two has just started and you know there's a there's the sort of multiverse angle with that there's quite a few different things that are playing this kind of alternate timeline multiverse kind of stuff at the moment so i can kind of see what nostalgic populace is saying like i said i think i said to you guys off air last week with invincible and i was trying not to give it away i was like no i really enjoyed it but i just kind of went oh okay we're doing this again are we okay you know um, and everything's about sort of another universe or another another timeline but you know if that's it's like fashion isn't it you know i suppose what's in is in and if this is in at the moment this is in it, it, everyone's just got a vie to do it better than the other ones and like you said joe and i think marvel's you know um ace in the hole is the fact that they've got such um like superheroes uh, somebody said this the other day or, or i read this or did i come up with it i'm not sure where this came from but somebody said superheroes isn't the genre it's not a superhero genre um superheroes are just the participants in different genres do you know what i mean so we're going to echo and hopefully that'll have nothing to do with the multiverse mm-hmm. anyway yeah. back to loki <laughs> <laughs> um so so uh yeah back into uh, into loki um the conversation with uh mobius yes so that conversation that's that was the first time he met him and that mm-hmm. was the last time he saw him as well i thought that mm-hmm. was fantastic i thought that was really poignant 
and you find out Renslayer was the one that had to prune the child that yep. was 5,000, you know, killed 5,000 people all the way back on the timeline, which I thought that was very interesting that they brought that up. I feel like that's, like, going to play into something in the future. I felt like maybe that was, like, a Kang variant at first, but then once they revealed that that was actually, like, you know, kind of like how Timely was a little boy in, like, the 1800s, I felt like maybe that would be, like, another, like, variant or something that was put in there. Because um, at the end of this, you see Timely never gets the book. Nope. And just remains a candle maker in the 1800s. And they kind of just, like, reset that and kind of just move him out of the way. And, like, he's kind of forgotten. But, yeah, I mean, like, and then when he's talking to Mobius about that, he asked what happened to that person. He's like, she became a judge. Yep. I was just like, wow. You know, so, like, it seems like Renslayer has kind of, like, been... I guess, like, chosen almost by he who remains or whatever because, like, she was willing to do all the hard things and who knows, maybe she was out there pruning his variants and things like that and that's what helped him win the war, you know? Yeah, that whole conversation was interesting with River Rain Slayer. Find out that that's the reason why Loki's there. Find out that was Mobius's uh, old partner. Her mm -hmm. her rise through the TVA. So, and then the end where we see her yeah. Um, in the void, in that we didn't really see Eliath. We saw the purple stuff, so that could have been Eliath. That could have been another Kang variant. That could have been, you know, so we don't know what she encountered there as she saw the broken symbol of the TVA there on the ground. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, you know, that, that could be left open for interpretation to where, like, if it was Eliath and it was coming to eat her or whatever, she technically would have fought next to Eliath with, you know, he who remains in the multiversal war because he says he harnessed the power of Eliath from the tears in the multiverse, like in the universes. So, like, you know, we know that she was, like, a general, so maybe that's, like, something where it doesn't eat her and, you know, like, she pops back up or something at some point. Um, it, I just, I thought that was a really interesting scene. I wish they would have just gone a little bit further and they would have shown us if she was yeah. eaten by Eliath or what that was she was looking at or, or whatnot. But we know she's in the void. We just yep. don't know what's going to happen to her, you know? So, uh, from the chat here in this object pod blast, now that Marvel Studios VP, like Tori Alonzo is gone in a year or so, the MCU might improve. Now that the SAG actor strike is resolved, we should uh, see even better new content down the line, which I'll address that too, because there's because the SAG strike is over and some of the concessions they got, there is some schedule shuffling and some reshoots happening for Project 2. We'll talk about that when we get to the news. Cool. Um, just before we get to the sort of big finish um, and the, the, the literal uh, holding onto the timelines, um, the, the performances from the actors throughout this series, but certainly from... Uh, um, from uh, Owen Wilson and obviously Tom Hiddleston in this last episode, I thought was absolutely outstanding. Um, and you know what, what I think what Tom Hiddleston did in this last episode or two was incredible. I thought it was, it's up there with, it's up there with Oscar Isaac from Moonlight. For yes. Mm -hmm. Just really, really good work, uh, as an actor. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, just, just solid, solid stuff like this, this should go down as one of his sort of, biggest achievements and best performances in his career yeah yeah i think that for loki as a character he has probably one of the best character arcs in the mcu at this point mm -hmm. you know and i was doing this earlier but like 
I thought Iron Man had a great arc with how he died and everything, but I think this is kind of up there at that level of, like, this is an epic moment in the MCU like that, how this episode finishes. Because, like, Loki went from being a villain to a hero, but, like, his whole thing, even in the first season when he was talking to um, the the Asgardian that was a Valkyrie, what was her name, that fought with Thor and... and Sif, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, he was, like, having that replay where he kept on talking to her after, like, cutting her hair or whatever, and he, like, tells her that he's afraid of being alone. That's what this was all, like, about, even, like, his whole journey. And then at the end, he takes being alone to save everybody. His glorious and, purpose, yeah. Yeah, and to just sit there and hold it all together and use his powers. And, you know, like, I, I think that's just awesome. It's, like, an epic ending for a character if... But also not a complete and entire ending to where he could come back at some point if they if they want to. Or he could just sit there forever, you know? Anytime. You know, pretty much he's in the role he's in now. He's almost like the Molecule Man. Mm-hmm. They could do a mix of the Molecule Man slash the Beyonder with him going forward. Because they left it so much open that no matter what happens with Jonathan Majors, they have a way to shift um, gears and not have to worry about the, the whole Kang thing. They can always go a different route they need to. Mm-hmm. Also, too, talking about his arc, he does have the longest arc in the MCU. He's been playing Loki for 14 years. Yeah. Since awesome. he was first cast as Loki. So think about that whole arc over this entire MCU. He's probably the, what, right now, he would be the longest. About, what about Rhodey? Oh, yeah. Rhodey. Yeah. Rhodey's Rhodey, been around he, for a long time. Yeah, Rhodey's been around longer, so um, Tom Hiddleston will be the second longest. Yeah. No, because Thor, the Thor came out, yeah, Thor came out before Iron Man 2. No, it was after. It was after, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, do you remember Coulson in, Coulson in Iron Man 2 found, was Oh, that's right, the desert, he had to go out to New Mexico, yeah, 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 so you're right, so he is the second longest tenured with and obviously, And obviously, technically, yeah. Rhodey was in Iron Man 1 as well. Mm-hmm. Well... Not a different actor though. Yeah, so I'm true. talking actor. Yeah, so oh, okay. yeah. No, but still, but still, Don Cheadle has been playing. Is probably the longest serving. Well, I suppose yeah. Nick Fury. Yeah, because Nick Fury, yeah, popped up now in the Marvel. So yeah. Uh, cool things in the chat here. Uh, the touching pod blast. I enjoyed Loki season two. Only had a few minor gripes about historical and accurate elements in terms of props and set design. Oh, go on then. Um, and then yeah, follow up on that the props and set design. But then let's go to the next one here. Uh, where was McDonald's drive through at ni- the 1982 Mickey D's? Also, they had the wrong Herbie movie poster. Okay, in 1977, episode two, there are no ashtrays in the 1982 McDonald's. Hey, some some good things pointing out there. Some good eyes there. Yeah, I love those things. Like, only fans can see that. Yeah. Like, that's the only only fans will spot those things, won't they? Um, yeah, great great catches. Um, just a couple of things with uh, Loki sitting on his his uh, throne at the end. Um, it really gave me, when I saw the image, not necessarily when I saw him sitting there, but when I saw the image, uh, as you know, I've done my rewatch of Game of Thrones a little while ago, and it gave me that um, free eye. I, know, I, don't think, I don't think either of you have seen it all the way through, have you? You have, Alex. Game of I've Thrones. never watched it. You've never watched it. Right, okay. So there's a, there's a character in there called the Free-Eyed Raven, and basically he sees everything. He can see everything that's ever happened at any time, past, present, and future. And um, it gave me a little bit of those kind of vibes. Um but also as well, somebody brought up a point that, um, you know, it, he's Loki going to have to be persuaded to let go. And and I like that because it's it's a, a literally and it's like a, a metaphor, but also physically letting go like of the it. timelines. Yeah, he's actually yeah. going to have to do it. Like he's actually going to have to let go of those timelines for whatever reason. And I quite like that idea. 
Yeah, I wonder what yeah. event's going to cause that to happen. It'd be interesting as we move into King Dynasty and Secret Wars, what's going to cause that shakeup to happen? The I think the beauty in that finale really came from not only do you see him take the throne of what looks like he who remains in that scene, because you yep. see what looks like you know the window behind his seat, but when he goes and he sits down and he takes it and he pulls everything together, it's almost like roots that he's like bringing to life. Yeah. And then they zoom out and they show like Idrisil, the yeah. world tree. Exactly. Where they, they like took the, he takes that and he makes all these timelines into like a giant tree. And they do that thing where like it's like flat and then it turns. And then you see like the bottom of the tree and you see the yep. top. And it's like Loki finally got his throne. It wasn't over the nine realms, but it was over something bigger. And it's it's kind of like one of those things. It's like taking being the king that nobody wants to be almost, you know, and and being, it, being the unsung hero as well. I don't yeah. think anybody's, you know, in that role, really and truly, there's only a couple. Well, nobody really knows. Maybe Mobius and Sylvie know what he's doing, but nobody's really going to know that he's there. So he's got yeah. a throne and he's got no no servants, nobody nobody to be there and see him. He's not take not doing it for the credit, is he? He's doing it because it has to be done. And, and I sat there wondering with that scene when he created Yardrasil. It's like so it, it was the nine realms originally in the one un in the main universe. So is it now the representation of nine main universes with their own branches in the MCU? Because if you think about it, we have, you know, the main MCU 616, we have 838. Um, then we're going to bring the Foxverse in, which the Foxverse had a couple of universes of its own. Um, you could go through and, and look at that and say, could there be nine main universes? And at the end, it's going to be one main universe? Because I don't think Secret Wars will be the end of the MCU. I think it'll be the end of the multiverse in the MCU. Um, but also, too, in my notes there, he's at the crossroads, basically, where he's sitting now. So, in the crossroads in the comics was an interdimensional location that exists outside the conventional time and space. So, you could sit there and say, basically, Loki is now at the nexus of the multiverse of where he sits now. The other thing, too, is they're kind of, um, there's consistency now between the Sony universe and the Marvel universe, because when you go back to across the Spider-Verse, they had that description of a tree for the Spider-Verse multiverse as well. And now we're having the same thing in the MCU. So the Sony universe could be one of those main universes with its own branches between the different Spider-Man projects. So there, there's some things there that, that could be coming together. It'd be interesting to see how they handle this going forward. I, I saw another parallel that I really liked, and it was Loki kind of reminded me of the, the like Greek mythology, like Atlas, the one who holds the world on his back you know and basically like carries and holds the weight of the world in essence i was like he's kind of doing that with the multiverse yep. now right like sylvie has that great line that he basically bought us some time yep. right and you know that's like loki realized that like there was no real winning for them like nothing that they could do he had to step up and do that or else there wouldn't be a tpa and none of that and it was either he make that hard choice now to save everyone and save that or you know, it just, everything keeps to fail. Like, so it's like he was, he was almost doomed, but he chose to make that, that choice at the same time. It's, it was such a great finale. And I think visually speaking, it was incredibly beautiful. Yes. Like, you know, like that was like the CGI looked great. The world tree looked great. Like all the colors and everything, him taking the dying timelines and turning them green with his magic and everything. Like, you know what? I, I just thinking about this. That last episode and, and 
maybe this whole project, but certainly that last episode, it was almost as perfect as it can get, wasn't it? Like, it was too try- perfect. It was, wasn't it? I'm trying to like, you know, everything we've said, we're like, the acting was good, the characters were good, the scenes were good, the CGI was good, the story was good, the writing was good, the pacing was good. And you're like, was anything bad? I'm trying to think of anything that I, I, I didn't like about it. And I, and I thought it was all excellent. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I think it would be hard to say, like, I like I, I almost wanted to, like, stand up and give this a standing <laughs> ovation after watching, you know, like, I, I think, like, it deserved, like, a round of applause for, like, five minutes, because, like, I thought it was, like, such a great ending, but, you know, like, I didn't expect them to kind of have Mobius just be like, alright, I'm done, you know, I'm yeah. going away, and, and I'm gonna go, like, live back. I thought after that conversation he had had with Loki earlier, he was going to basically pull one of those, like, I'll work with the TVA and just come back and forth. And B-15, Hunter B-15 makes, like, a remark about if you ever want to come back and be in the war room, you're always welcome, Mobius, you know, basically gives him that out. And it seems like people are going to leave and remember everything that happened and they're not going to have their minds erased and everything like that. And, you know, it seems like it was almost one of these impossible situations where... The multiverse had to have everything pruned because the loom was a failsafe and in the midst of it breaking it was just doomed to create all these these branches and this is definitely like a battle of free will versus destiny yeah yeah and and this was loki trying to give everybody the ability to have free will when he has no other choice but to accept that destiny of sitting on that throne and holding it all together so now, i thought that was really awesome now, do you think they want us to think this was too perfect because this could have been mm. he remains planned the entire time? Like yeah, this definitely. was some trick. Like I, I still think there's trickery going on here. The same thing with Quantum Mania, the same thing here. I think there's some trickery going on here, and they think that you know they want us to think that was so perfect, you know, and this was all resolved, but yet they're still lingering out there. And another thing too, they did have the Quantum Mania reference in there as well about the six one six adjacent. Uh, variant that took care of himself. Interesting too. These are all he remains variants. They're not Kang variants. They're know. calling them. Yeah, I definitely think that there were some tests that he had put up. I think he mentions it in the episode. He's like something along the lines of like you know, this was basically all kind of put into motion. We have another one of those like remember I paved the road lines for you kind of type of thing. Yeah. I felt like all of this like even the time jumping and everything that Loki had done, all of that was part of he who remains plan like he it was almost like he knew that loki was gonna appear in front of him at one point because he just kind of stopped sylvia and it's like so how many times have you done this like you know like and he's just like he realized that something was different something was off and what did, what does he say when just before um sylvie's gonna kill he remains in this season finale of episodes does he say like see you in a minute or see you soon see you soon yeah that off scene that happens so many times when she keeps killing him and you hear like the sword going and it's just like yeah soon and And that soon soon. is that i reckon that's to do with that yeah that the hundred percent to do with that um yeah no uh great 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 tv great entertainment um really really well done um uh, where are we going next are we going to see are we seeing the um the tva be involved in uh hunting down the kangs and is it going to be the tva that are going to go out to the avengers and recruit different avengers from different timelines or from wherever and say look you don't be and, they, and they're going to go loki's loki sent us and they're going to be like loki like yeah loki's a villain like why is a trick yeah yeah this is it yeah 
I guess yeah. um, Deadpool 3 will probably answer a lot of questions about that. I think that's going to be the next project that's going to kind of keep things going more. I don't think anything else that we'll see in between there will do anything else. No. I, I feel like the TVA is going to shift from like crooning you know, branches from the sacred timeline and everything to allowing timelines to have free will, but people from other timelines that try and manipulate or change things are going to be on the radar, hence Deadpool and Deadpool 3, you know, and that would be one of those things he's going back, changing stuff, creating branches and stuff like that, causing issues. But I would think that he might be like somebody like Kang, where they're going to hunt down Kang variants, and I imagine as we get closer to Kang Dynasty, let's pretend that the multiversal war starts to happen and the multiverse does start to collapse. Maybe Loki's holding on to those branches and suddenly they all start to die and he can't stop it. And so then he goes out and he starts pulling people and I would love to see him like go and meet Thor and see Thor again and like Thor not believe that Loki's actually alive again mm. and you know them have that moment and you know him just go across the multiverse and yeah I think that would be awesome but you still have so much more story I feel like you can tell between that and what's happening right now. I think the more start to prune anyone who exposes them or makes them known to the He Remains variants because there's that line that B-15 said about New variants of He Remains don't know about them yet. Don't know about the, T the new TVA yet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And plus, they're able to reboot Miss Minutes and have Miss Minutes again. I also wonder if Miss Minutes will be another factor again. Will she might be able to, her other consciousness or other programming kick back in and then go back and find a He Remains variant uh, to get things going as well? Mm -hmm. uh, we have some chat stuff here. Um, Following up to the history stuff that uh, Natasha Podblast is talking about, Disney has a no tobacco policy in place since 2015 in Marvel and Star Wars projects, but an empty ashtray would not violate that policy if the if no nasty sick butts or ashes were seen. I nitpick. Um, also says love King Loki or long live King Loki. Um, a question for us here: Do you fellows collect three Marvel comic books? I collect some, not much anymore, but everything I mostly read is on Marvel Unlimited. How about you two? Yeah, I mean, I've got tons of random collections of comics, yeah, Marvel and DC, and I read Marvel Unlimited. I kind of haven't read anything here recently, but yeah, I've got some long and short boxes filled with tons of comics <laughs> in a closet, and I have so many, like, you know, I've young avengers to you know events to all kinds of random stuff so i don't tend to really read stuff in order though i'm kind of all over the place like yes i, I am too yeah you know i bounce around so much i'll be scrolling through marvel limited i'll find something like oh i want to read that again and they start reading some random um storyline before i find something else to move on to or unless we're talking about something then i'm gonna go back and reread something you know just to refresh myself i mm -hmm. uh, yeah I, I, when I was little, I had tons and tons of comics. Got rid of them all, as most people do. Uh, and I, I don't actually collect comics now, but I've got a, a quite a substantial uh, collection of uh, graphic novels that are sitting up on my. Oh, that's right. I would, I would show you, but it means moving my camera, and I won't be able to get it back into place. But I've probably got the equivalent of, I don't know, maybe two thousand comics sitting up on those shelves, probably. Uh, so yeah, read read quite a lot. I think between the three of us, we've probably read everything. Um, you know, I wouldn't say we know everything, definitely yeah. know everything, but between the three of us, we've probably read a little bit of everything and got a little bit of knowledge around it. So, uh, so yeah, 
The next comment here from, from Natasha Podblast, maybe I'm slow, but I found the story a bit confusing. Thanks for breaking it all down. You're welcome. That's what we're trying to here to do is just to talk about it and have a conversation and help everything. Anyone who uh, has questions or wants to add to the conversation as well. Cool. And, and let me just throw out one more thing. Man, did it feel like God of Stories, Loki, in this. Like, I know I've been saying that for a while, but, like, it just felt like such a, a like just so much from that that line at the end of the fifth episode to this like it was like loki's like gonna basically write the multiverse and like try and you know hold it all together and everything and yeah i guess he's not really gonna be changing stuff per se but it did feel very much like god of stories Loki. yeah for sure this. for sure um Another coming here uh, from Podblast. Uh, I read that due to writers and actor strikes, the only one Marvel movie will be released in 2024. Is that true? Deadpool 3 is slated right now to be the only project. And we'll talk about the upcoming schedule here when we get to the news. Um, any closing thoughts on Loki? Uh, where, where do, I mean, I think we've kind of spoke about where we think we're going to see him again, probably in um, Kang Dynasty or Secret, Invade, uh, Secret Wars. Um, but any, any closing thoughts on him? I'm, I, I do wonder if we'll see the same any of the same TVA members or a different TVA person in, in Deadpool 3. Um, we definitely know TVA is going to be a part of that because we see the void and that kind of stuff. Um, I wonder if we'll have any Loki cameo in, in here at all. Uh, Miss Minutes. Um, one of those sort of things. There's back and forth if Mobius will be in there or not. I hear mixed things about that. So I'm interested to see how Deadpool 3 ties and everything. Mm-hmm. any closing thoughts on loki alex um honestly i don't think i have anything i mean i thought it was a fantastic marvel show one of the best that we've probably had this far um i would give that ending like a 10 out of 10 i absolutely adored it you know like i thought it was great um this season i don't think some of the other episodes were as good as like you know season one but overall i think this entire series is phenomenal and it was it was great and i loved all the new characters that they brought in this season ov you know was a great one that was a great additional character and i was really sad because like i saw a video of him and he was like talking about how much he enjoyed being that character and being in the season and everything like that i was just like man that's kind of sounding like we won't see in deadpool 3 or you know anything like that so um yeah i mean like it, it was just a really good show and great written like pacing was really good in that final episode and i can't stop seeing praises <laughs> and we've got to stop somewhere singing his praises because we've got other stuff to talk about so let's move on yep. to that now uh yep. one last thing here from the Sajid pod blast uh loki could bring back tony stark and gamora gamora's kind of already back you know kind of established there from Endgame and then guardians 3 but yeah he could pluck a tony stark from another timeline to bring him back same thing with black widow so yeah Let's let's move on because that is a conversation that could take up a whole other half an hour on its own. <laughs> so, uh, what have we got in the news, Joe? Strike news. After 118 days on strike, uh, the SAG-AFTRA officially reached a tentative agreement on a new three-year contract with studios. The strike ended on November 9th. A tentative deal went to the SAG-AFTRA board on November 10th for review and consideration. So, it, it is over. They got their AI considerations that they're looking for um and things are already back in full steam deadpool 3 is going to start filming right after thanksgiving or right before before thanksgiving they said uh they're wanting to get that out next year and not delay it any further um 
so via Deadline, uh, Deadpool 3, Gladiator 2, Beetlejuice 2, and Venom 3 among, among films to start productions ASAP, or to restart production ASAP. Hmm. It goes to show how important Deadpool 3 is to this overarching mm-hmm. story, doesn't it? That they've, that they've kept that one where it is and pushed Brave New World and Thunderbolts back to 2025. They've kind of gone, actually, we need to get this one out and done yep. because uh, this is how important it is. So um, I think that, that, that throws a lot of weight at it, actually. Yeah. Um, so Variety is the one that reported that Deadpool 3 will resume filming before Thanksgiving. Venom 3 is still coming out next year in 2024, but it's delayed from July 12th to November 8th. Mm-hmm. So right now that's two Marvel projects next year that are on the slate. And I'll get to the full schedule here uh, later. But also it says other films eyeing early 2024 start or for 2025 release or no release date set yet, is Tron 3 is going to start filming again in 2024, or start production. Minecraft movie coming out starring Jason Moa, 2024 uh, production. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that, that, that was out of nowhere when I saw that. Um, Mortal Kombat 2, uh, Superman Legacy, and Beyond the Spider-Verse. Um, Sorry, the... just <laughs> Jason Momoa, the square head, just in Minecraft. <laughs> Um, the, the Brave and the Bold is still in early development with Andy Muschietti now focusing on completing his, his uh, It prequel Max series, Welcome to Derry. So. Cool. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's uh, all guns blazing. They're, they're going mm-hmm. for it, aren't they? Yeah. Yep. Um, Disney and Hulu Plus, or sorry, Disney Plus and Hulu, um, they're going to have a single app experience. There's going to be a beta that's going to begin uh, next month with full launch in the spring. Um, in December, we will launch in beta form a combined Disney Plus and Hulu app. We feel great about how the combination gives us an ability to essentially lower customer acquisition costs, reduce marketing, hopefully reduce churn, and most importantly, create more engagement. So single platform. Remember, we th- we talked about this and discussed this when we heard about the whole thing with the Disney changing the streaming stuff, and now it's coming to fruition where they're going to a single platform, it looks like, or a single app experience. So will it be Disney Plus or will it be Hulu? Have I don't know. I don't know. Disney I guess we'll Hulu. find out. Yeah. Disney Hulu probably. We'll find, we'll find out when it uh, goes into beta next month. Mm-hmm. Also, Disney is in talks to license certain titles to Netflix. So it looks like they're branching out the content a- as well. But that begs the question is then what's the point of Disney Plus? And I guess Disney Plus will be if you want it right away and then watch it on Netflix later if you can wait. I don't know. That, that sounds kind of odd to me, but what are you guys' it, thoughts on that? It, it sounds like the beginning of Disney buying Netflix is what it sounds to me. <laughs> I, I mean, like, honestly, I think that this is kind of like Iger's doing, you know? Like, um, I think that he had mentioned this in an interview I watched with him speaking yep. one time where he was basically like, you know, like, we had kind of moved away from that idea of, like, licensing our stuff out to be, like, on cable networks and stuff like that to kind of put it on platform and i think that they realize that they can make and bring in a lot more revenue for these projects if they actually license it out again so i think yeah you'll get early access to it on disney plus and that's going to be the selling point but then after five six months you'll see cable networks and stuff with a lot of this stuff probably not the marvel tv shows but more the marvel movies and stuff like that you know i think that's I think there's a lot to be made for that that can go into their pockets and go into yep. the studio and everything. So 
Um, I feel like that may have been seen as a missed opportunity by him and maybe some of the higher-ups at, at Disney where once they kind of consolidated to the streaming service, they felt like they were missing out on a revenue stream there. So they're kind of just going right back to the older ways, you know? And missing out on exposure as well. I mean, yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking, I can't remember the last time I saw a Marvel movie that wasn't on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Yeah, it must be years ago. I don't, I don't even remember when I mean, there was one on television. I see one on, on regular TV through Hulu Live TV. There's on different channels, like usually TBS or one of those other stations will have TNT or yeah, something. Yeah, TNT. Like that. They'll, they'll play on there. But yeah, but I think the only thing we've seen Marvel wise on Netflix has been Sony stuff. Yeah, and I mean, right like, now. for me, like, you know, like, as I'm somebody that, you know, like, I'm flipping channels on cable, and I stop, and I see a Marvel movie, I'm gonna stop and watch yep. it for a little while, Same. and I think that's yeah. kind of the trick with that, right? Like, it's like, you accidentally stumble upon it, you yeah. sit down and you right. watch it, and I think with a lot of that kind of stuff, like, that's how you get more viewers and stuff, mm. and... You know, a lot of those networks, they pay a lot of money to have those big-time movies on there because it gets they can sell, like, advertisement with commercials and things mm -hmm. like that between yeah, you know, and the movies it. being that's there. It. So, yeah. Um, so, Kevin Feige was on the red carpet. He was, like, the only one for the Marvels <laughs> last week because of the strike, in which, which is sad about the strike is that the strike pretty much ended the day after the Marvels premiere, so we couldn't see any of that stuff done, but now... You're seeing Loki for season two promotion going out there with Tom Hiddleston doing the rounds. Uh, Brie Larson is, Iman Vanelli is. So we're seeing that and hopefully we'll see more of it. You know, maybe this movie and this will also about the Marvels is that maybe it'll go the elemental route where it started off slow, but then gained a lot of traction later. I'm hoping we'll see the same thing with the Marvels now that they can actually promote the film with the actors in it. Um, but he was asked about the rumor. Um about the fallen heroes coming back to Marvel. He said, um, they haven't discussed it. Um, said RDJ was part of the family. They're working on another project with ScarJo at the moment. Uh, when asked if it was open to them returning, said, we'll see. Um, about the rumor, he said, I literally have not seen it. We did discuss that at the retreat is the truth. Cause they said this retreat that happened, that's where it was discussed. And he's saying, no, it didn't discuss. Um, so he kind of shot down that whole thing. It seems like the more we have things come out, that whole variety article is just definitely a hit piece. And it's something like someone was bored and nothing else to do that day. Yeah. Just making stuff up yeah. just, to, just to create a bit of commotion. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow says she would come out of retirement, uh, for acting if RDJ asked her. <laughs> so if, if he comes back and he's like, I need pepper for this film, she's in, it sounds like so. Um, also too, Kevin Feige was asked about Harry Styles, Arrow, Star Fox again. Um, he said, he's excited. We're excited. We will see you introduce a lot of new characters and a lot of movies and get a lot of tags. Uh, where do the tag folk reappear? That's a good question. So, um, it's, it sounds like, you know, people seem like they want things faster, right? We, we, it took us what Thanos seven years before we actually got Thanos. Thanos through that tease from Age of Ultron and from Avengers to actually finally appear in a movie. So it's going to take some time. It seems like people want things faster than in the past, but a lot of these big tags that we've seen in post-credit stuff have taken time to build up. That that's just that's just indicative of of culture in general, though, isn't it? You know, with Amazon Prime, you know, getting something delivered the next day or the same day. Yeah, you know, yeah. having food brought to your door by. a uh, you know somebody because you just clicked on an app and we're, we're so it's, it's an instant culture isn't it we want we want payoff now we don't want you know 
short form media as well. You know, these, these five second, 10 second videos on, on different social media platforms. It's, it's just not, it's not breeding a culture of patience. It's breeding a culture of, I must have this thing now. So, you know, you see Eros at the end of Eternals and it's like, why is he not, why is there not a whole movie about him? Like, well, they kind of started doing that and then everyone started complaining that there was too much stuff. So, you know, where do you, where's the balance? Mm -hmm. Um, he asked, he also confirmed X-97 will premiere next year. Cool. So he said, I saw some new final episodes today. Uh, which really bring it back to the core of who the X-Men are and that soap opera that those characters represent. So he confirmed that. He also talked about um, on if, uh, X-Men uh, in live action MCU, had, had a, was asked about that and actually responded to that question. It's super exciting, but X-Men are as solid and rich and a great concept and characters as exist. In live action, people will see perhaps soon. Ooh. Hmm. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny, um, funny thing. Just I just want to throw out there. I've been listening to the X Men audio drama on Spotify. I listened okay. to it while I was driving in the driving uh, across North Carolina the other day, and uh, yeah, like it was. I believe made by somebody that originally wanted to make like a cartoon, an X Men cartoon, and didn't get to. But he made this audio drama, and like it, it's it's awesome. Like it's like a great little thing to listen to to get excited before you know that comes out because it's pretty long. I think it's like at least maybe like twelve episodes or something like that. I could be wrong, but um, yeah, I listened to one on the Vanisher the other day, one on Juggernaut, like nice. all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Check it out. Um, I'll have to check that out. Is it Spotify? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's uh, I think it's called X Men: The Audio Drama. Okay. So, so is it is it um is that like licensed by Marvel? Is it because is it on Marvel's um uh podcasts? Sort of, they've got a page, haven't they, where they've done the um wastelanders and, yeah. uh, and all of that is it on there or is it just randomly are you, are you looking for it now is that what you're, i think that's what you're doing isn't it yeah <laughs> there yeah, it exactly is <laughs> let's do it yeah so um it looks like it is <laughs> jerry's i might look for it as well you're all looking for oh, it. Like 11 episodes yeah um i think it is probably marvel i don't think this is like a fan made oh, kind of I've thing or any, yeah so, oh, yeah, I've got it. I've got it. Carl, um, by, Carl, by Carl Dutton, is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the audio drama, right? Audio yeah, drama. I found it. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like um, the adventures of the Uncanny X Men. Um, it's kind of cool. It's got Magneto and Charles Xavier building up the the X-Men and the Brotherhood and everything like that, you know, like one of the ones that I listened to had uh, Charles Xavier getting the uh, the Blackbird plane to replace a helicopter that he had them flying around on, you know, and right. uh, it was like they go out on a mission and they get in the Blackbird for the first time and take off and Beast is flying it and everything like that. And they do some really cool stuff with the sound effects and everything like that. I feel like to really paint a good picture to not have the visuals that go with the audio yeah. for that. So um, they do a really good job. So definitely check that out. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I got that in my list too. Um, what If News. Um, in a press release, Disney Plus has confirmed the season of What If... Season 2 of What If will premiere this holiday season. A date hasn't been specified yet, though. 
Um, there's a new synopsis, too, for the season. The Watcher continues the journey as our guide through the vast multiverse, introducing brand new and familiar faces throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The animated anthology series questions, revisits, and twists classic Marvel cinematic moments with an incredible voice cast that includes a host of stars who reprise their iconic roles. And it's confirmed that Elizabeth Olsen will voice Wanda Maximoff in the series. So. Decent. I'm really yeah. looking forward to that, actually. Like, I'm probably looking forward to What If Season 2 more than I was looking forward to What If Season 1 because of What If Season 1. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, I enjoyed the season season one. So now I'm looking forward to this one. So, yeah, cool. And it's nice, too, we're getting into the holidays because there is the episode that Happy Hogan Saves Christmas or whatever. So there you go. Yeah, and I mean, you know, in What If, we saw the introduction of absolute points and things like that in time. And, uh, I mean, like, I feel like that kind of fits into a lot of stuff that's going on and everything. And even though it's a little bit different, I mean, like, that Doctor Strange episode was fantastic. I absolutely loved that episode. And uh, the Marvel Zombies episode was pretty good, too. Um, you know, I wish we didn't have to see Tony Stark die, like, you know, seven times in that, in that ep or in all those episodes. But, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah. Um, Deadpool 3 news, uh, via, via Danner RPK, Blade is rumored to appear, although it's unclear which version. So we don't know if it's going to be Wesley Snipes, if it's going to be um, Maharshala Ali. My guess is going to be, since it's the Fox stuff, it's probably going to be Wesley Snipes. Huh. Would he would he come back? You think for that or maybe like would that be like something that they would probably like edit part of like an old movie or something? Yeah. You know, kind of have him in the background or something. Yeah, yeah, good question. Uh, from the chat here, um, this is Ali HS, uh, a new one here. Uh, no need to waste Tony's death in Endgame, but Gamora's kind of back, a part of the MCU. So mm -hmm. it's probably in reference to bringing old characters back, I bet, uh, in live action. I yeah. mean, with like Gamora, we know that one version of her is still kind of with the. Um the i cannot think Ravages. of the name the raptors yeah, thank yeah. you um you know at, at the end of guardians of the galaxy 3 so you know she's still kind of out there if they do want to do something with her you know uh ryan reynolds via social media confirms dogpool and keeping <laughs> dogpool's appearance and they're keeping summer 2024 release he said did dogpool save the day not a chance in gremlin hell but she is currently causing the disney plus c merch department nightmares Coming with the movie Summer of 2024. So there you go. They need to make some stuffed dogs of that, you know, like yes. to sell in like Disney stores or something. That would be absolutely Build awesome. a bear. <laughs> yeah. I want a Funko of it. Oh, yeah. yeah a, awesome. a flocked Funko with a little funny hair. That's what I want. Back on the Gamora conversation, the Nostalgic Pod Blast, I like the original Gamora who was warming up to Quill Star-Lord. But it seems like she might be turned a leaf over than the other one as we saw at the end of Guardians right. 3. So something to definitely keep an eye on as things go forward. She, she was so hardened, wasn't she? This Gamora, like the Gamora that we've got now compared to the other one, she'd like softened right up. And we'd just gone back to that hard Gamora that we saw at the beginning of the, of the first Guardians movie. I quite like it. I quite like this hardened yeah. Gamora, this sort of... You know, no BS Gamora. I like this version. I, I love the the Gamora and Nebula uh, relationship right now too as well. The whole grunt thing when they see each other. <laughs> <laughs> Typical siblings. Um, so we have a question about the Marvels and I'll just answer it real quick. Uh, LAHS, have you guys watched the Marvels? Yes, we have. Um, we will be doing the Marvels 
review uh, probably same time next Monday right now as the plan for it. Um, so join us next week and we will talk about the, the Marvels, but we're not going to talk about the Marvels today. Um, also, too, it's reportedly that Deadpool 3 is the most important project for Marvel Studios alongside the upcoming Avengers films. So there you go. That's why this is one's this one's the one making the slate for next year out of all the MCU movies. Um, Blade News director Jan Dimanche confirms Blade will be rated R in an interview at Deadline. Um, he said has been in development as a rated R film for at least the better part of a year. He said they gave me the R, which is so important. We're going to have fun because Maharshala is such a deep actor. I'm excited to show a kind of ruthlessness, a roughness he has that allows him to walk the earth in a particular way. So I feel like R was kind of expected for that movie, you know, like that, that movie almost has to be kind of rated R, you know? Yeah. I'm a new subscriber too. All hey. HS is dope. Just subscribe. Thank you. So next week we'll have that conversation. We can chat away about the morals. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, thanks for the sub. Um, yeah, just back to Alex. I mean, it's vampires, isn't it? You know, vampires, just generally speaking, need to be, you know, scary and gory and, you know, so... Bloody. Yeah. Yeah, so almost regardless of the setting, like, where the vampires are appearing, like, it's going to be it's gonna be a certain level of content, isn't it? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, glad to hear, especially with all the BS out there about Blade, that things are steaming ahead and it's rated R and... It sounds like that new director is uh, is pretty good too from everything I've been reading. So, cool. Um, some Children's Crusade news. Um, reportedly, the Wick, uh, Wiccan Children's Crusade spinoff will be about Billy trying to find Tommy, and so there okay. is the rumor about Billy in Agatha, and the way they're going to do it, and so that's good because. We're going to need them for some future stuff in the MCU. And that's all I'll say about that today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that, that's interesting. Not at a later date. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting, though. The, um, the, uh, the, the twist there. Billy trying to find Tommy rather than the two of them trying to find their mother. Well, their mother, yeah. And the whole yeah. Doom angle and the whole team and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, definitely a nice spin on that. Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed that story as well. Actually, the yes. Crusade story, I thought that was excellent. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, I've enjoyed quite a lot of the Young Avengers stuff, if I'm honest. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to to seeing those in live action. Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Daredevil: Born Again, uh, via the Rap, directors Justin Benson and Aaron Mohead say they're on day zero of developing the series. <laughs> we're currently yeah we're currently just consuming daredevil content not just the netflix show but all the possible material we're just making our stew of information nice and thick so that's interesting doing their research then yep mm -hmm. back to formula <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was it just screw it up frag it's done <laughs> um king dynasty and secret wars so today there's a slew of news that came out that everyone kept taking this as Kang Dynasty is not going to happen, and that's they're completely moving away from Kang. But the usual people that I follow that that are more trustworthy with this stuff said no, they're not dealing with Kang Dynasty. But it does sound like the rumor is going around that Jeff Loveless is no longer attached to Kang Dynasty. Hmm. So, and give then it, Layla, give it to Michael Baldwin. 
Well, here you go. So <laughs> then later on, after all this hustle through the news came out, there's some new things that came out. Kevin Wright, the, the producer from Loki, says that Michael Waldron is working on both upcoming Avengers films. Mm-hmm. He also mentions how much Waldron loves these worlds, Kang and the multiversal worlds, as he helped create them. Um, but also, there are more news that came out that said they don't know who the, who's actually going to have helm this yet, but there's been some people who have spoken up saying they're interested. Uh, Hawks, hold on, let's see this real quick. Uh, LHS has a comment here. Loki was so good, maybe the best MCU Disney Plus show. The writer is about to cook hard with Daredevil Born Again. Yep, I yeah. really agree. Yep, good yeah. shout there. Um, but then later on today, it's been reported that Moon Knight and Loki Season 2 directors Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead expressed interest in directing Avengers Secret Wars. Moorhead, you know what's funny is we come from independent feature film... So we come from movies. Uh, Benson, we never know what the future holds. We just try to keep up. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we could be getting some more news and directors for those movies soon. Go ahead. Yeah. I, and I was going to say, I don't really know enough about about their extended work to, to be able to comment on them. But um, obviously, with the, the work that was done on Loki Season 2, you know, uh, and the writing there, I'd be happy to see more of their stuff. They were also on Season 1, too. Remember, Walton left... Loki that and they finished Loki season one because Waldron went over to Multiverse of Madness. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, so they actually finished up Loki season one too as well. Which oh Multiverse Madness watched uh last night, night before. Last night maybe. Um movie. so good, yes, yeah, so good. What uh, you know, I don't get me wrong, and, and I and I I said this last week and I'll say it again. I know there's been some stuff that has not been up to scratch or up to the up to the ex- uh, you know the level that we expect from the MCU and from Marvel recently, but even some of the bad stuff isn't isn't terrible. But there's been a lot of good stuff. Like Multiverse Madness was so good. I rewatched it again and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, I fi- I think that movie is really hard to tell who's the real star of that movie because Strange is great in that movie, but Wanda's fantastic in that movie. So you know, like it's like you know, even as a villain, like I'm kind of rooting for her watching that movie. You know, like it's yeah. it's funny and, and it has so much rewatchability. I think too. Totally, and Wanda gets better throughout the movie. Like I didn't actually, I actually, this I I didn't really like her performance at the beginning, but as she when she goes and um uh, date, uh what's it called uh. Dreamwalks, which yes. she dreamwalks into the other one. That's just superb. Just absolutely superb. And that whole sequence with Patrick Stewart and Presser X, the whole thing and the mind trick and this, Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. I, the whole bit at the end as well, like the ending when she she sees the kids is just brilliant acting from Elizabeth Olsen. Really I good. love I love how they visualize like her being corrupted by the dark hold with like the dark fingertips just like Agatha and like her costume even I mean, had like dark patches and dark spots in it and everything like that all the way around, like change from WandaVision and everything. And yeah, like I mean, even the moments like where she killed Professor X and she looks like a demon, you know, when she does it, like it's just so awesome. It was like, dude, like, you know, she's like a monster, like, you know, like and it has so really many good sorry alex i had to cut you off there it has so many good little horror moments in there as well you know and, yeah. and and um pulling from all different sort of types of horror movies as well you know you get the sort of more you know freaky modern stuff like um uh, uh like the ring 
when she's crawling through the the mirror. mirror. But you get the the sort of old school horror stuff as well with the funny camera angles and the zooming in and zooming out and the sort of uh, yeah, I, I think it was excellent. Really, really well done. So we really enjoyed that movie. Anyway, I've digressed a little bit. Back to you, Joe. But also makes you wonder too, when is America Chavez going to pop back up again? She's going to be key to this multiverse thing. Mm -hmm. I think after watching that movie again, I'm like, she's going to be absolutely key to this. Yeah. Um, Fantastic Four news. Um, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is rumored to be Marvel's top choice for Reed Richards with the strike over full steam ahead for casting Fantastic Four. Now, have you guys seen the mocks that Boss Logic has done from It's Always yeah. Sunny in Philadelphia? Now, now, granted, I know that a lot of that is, you know, this humor and, and that kind of stuff. But the mock-up of Glenn Howerton as Reed Richards, that is fire. Like, I would yeah. love to see, out of all the casting of them, I would love to see Glenn Howerton and get a role like that. You know what? The, 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 um, the vibe that I got from that whole mock-up, and you, when you see all four of them, mm -hmm. I, I was like... I'd probably watch that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that looks really cool. Like the, the the things like attitude. I was like, I like that. He's like a little vest top that he's all torn <laughs> sleeves and stuff. I, that whole thing looked really cool. I mean, I don't know. Um, uh, it's only sunny very well. I've seen bits and pieces oh, of it's it. It's a great show. Yeah, I, I've never been. I've never really got into it, but um, but I, I liked it. I thought it was cool. Uh, from the chat here, all AHS, um I loved Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. So entertaining, but the last scene with the white-haired lady felt odd. It would have been better if it ended with a third eye appearing. Oh, with Clea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. So that whole thing with Clea. But it does take you kind of full circle back to the first Doctor Strange because Clea is Dormammu's niece. Her mom is his sister. And, you know, with him doing all the stuff, it looks like he could destabilize the Dark Dimension as well. So... They are playing on some stuff there. And also, too, if you read The Death of Doctor Strange, she does become the new Sorcerer Supreme as well. So and I love that, they, that she showed up. Movie. Yeah. What's that? Certainly setting up a third movie. Yep. I would love to mm -hmm. see see more Clea and get Clea come to MCU. And there was room for a long time. That's who Christine could have came or that could have been one of her variant of her um, for Rachel McAdams. Um but I love they brought Clea in. I'm not sure if I love the casting choice right now, though. So, mm. yeah. anyways, moving on. Uh, Brave New World. Uh, Jeff Snyder reported there's a rumor via the Hot Mike uh, podcast, which then this picked up steam last week. Hearing Captain America: Brave New World is moving to 2025 after it didn't do great in a test screening, and that three sequences are being cut with reshoots planned from January until May slash June. That's like six months of reshoots, and these must be some pretty key sequences. Now, there's a rumor, there's some rumors out there about this test script going around and that people saw it and that it's a wildly outrageous one. Yeah. Don't believe that because there's some things in there that are wildly in inaccurate, and if they've seen things like Falcon the Winter Soldier or other MC projects, they wouldn't have these blanks in there. So that seems very big, like someone's imagination. You know, mm -hmm. similar to the person who made it making up the uh, Deadpool three script, was it? Mm -hmm. That that got t that got debunked. So, um, but but yeah, so interesting to see here how they're going to do things, especially with we know that with Harrison Ford's getting up there in age, and that it took a lot for him to film the Dial of Destiny. Um, so, but I rather them get this right, and now that the strike's over, because remember the. The pretty much all this film was filmed during the writer's strike. So they couldn't do any rewrites. They couldn't do any changes. 
And that's where I think that's why they're doing this now, because now the writer strikes over, they can go through and correct things and then go ahead and make this a good movie. So I'm not surprised that it's being delayed a year. So, And with that, that whole rumor of Harrison Ford, Ross being Red Hulk, you know, like they could totally just turn him into Red Hulk and just leave him as a CGI Red Hulk. And mm-hmm. then, you know, like he can stay Red Hulk for the rest of the time. And he can just, he doesn't have to turn back into Ross for everybody to know that he's Ross. He can yeah. just tell somebody that he's Ross, I think. And we can just do that thing where we have him just Red Hulk all the time. And I think that would be great. Keep him around forever. Uh, via Ali here, HS. It's so funny to imagine Harrison Ford as the Red Hulk. The edits cracked me up. Oh, the face edits where you see his face on the Red Hulk. Um, Get off Elsa- my plane. Yeah. <laughs> um, Elsa Bloodstone news. According to Daniel RPK, an Elsa Bloodstone project is in the works. Now, this does make sense, especially with we just saw where by night they did the whole color thing with it. They're doing the whole orchestra presentations. And now that we have Marvel Spotlight area, they could actually do a lot more stuff with that and these characters to kind of continue that story. They could even do the MonsterVerse in its own section of the MCU for now and not need to cross over at all. Maybe Blade, you know, introduce Ghost Rider, you know, bring in Topaz, Jennifer mm-hmm. Kale, get that man thing project out there. All kinds of things they can do with that. So Definitely. So now we're to the update release schedule that I talked about earlier. So here's what's going to happen. Um, Deadpool 3 is now going to be July 26, 2024. Captain America New World Order will be February 14, 2025. Thunderbolts will be July 25th, 2025. Blade will be November 7th, 2025. But also, too, 2025, we're going to have potentially five films. Because right now, Fantastic Four still sits at May 2nd, 2025. Wow. MCU-wise, one film for 2024, but Marvel-wise, Venom 3 is still going to hit theaters 2024. So if we look at 2025 and 2026, they'll both have four films at this time. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, 2025 and... 20, no, sorry. Wait a second. One, two, three. 2024 will have five films at this time. Possibly a sixth film with Spider-Man 4 film being rumored for 2025 as well. 2026 will have four Marvel films. So um, That's a lot of films. Um, is there any news on any shows? I know that Wonder Man was sort of rumored and sort of went, was sort of going around, but is that happening? I haven't heard much. I haven't heard anything about the shows right now, but we still have Wonder, Wonder, Wonder Man out there. We still have Ironheart. Um, we still have... What else do we have? Arnhardt's done, pretty much. 2024, we'll have Echo and the X-Men 97, right? Uh, yes, yeah, Agatha yeah. 2 as well is still 2024, isn't it? Right. I think the fall of 2024 is still Agatha. So I haven't heard anything change about shows yet. I just know that Ironheart is still tied to Armor Wars. So we won't see that probably till 2026, probably. I Possibly. feel like the shows have to shift if they're shifting all these movies. I mean, like, I feel like the shows kind of play into the movies now. So, like, we've almost got to have some change in the shows unless they just aren't as plot dependent. Yeah. I'm trying to, yeah. Are, you know? Right now, the only show that really is, is movie dependent, though, is Ironheart, which that's going to be following whatever um, Armor Wars comes out. Right now, none of the shows really are, you know, unless they make some, unless for some reason Echo shows up in Thunderbolts or I don't know. I'm, 
I mean, Miss Marvel and WandaVision kind of, like, built up to the Marvels yeah. and stuff, you know? So, like, they, they have done it before. I just kind of, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I get, like, you can kind of just lightly kind of touch on things and move forward. But I almost feel like, you know, we kind of see projects get delayed even over the minor stuff now. Um, the minor little connections, because they're so almost, like, important to the overall story, so... Uh, Nostalgia Plotbass, thanks for listening. Uh, they say thanks for the show, fellas. So thank you thank for you. joining us. See you next week, hopefully. Um, and then Deadpool 3 will now release on the 11th year anniversary of the Wolverine. <laughs> Just <laughs> random fact there. Um, Kevin Feige Star Wars movie. So he also addressed that during the Marvel's Red Carpet. Um, when he was asked, he simply answered no. It's not happening, pretty much. So Okay. Um, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. It's going to be reportedly two hours and four minutes. So that's a nice run time. Mm-hmm. Um, Blue Beetle will be streaming on the Max on November seventeenth. So you have pretty much cool. you know, a couple days, and you can watch Blue Beetle again on the Max. Cool. I've, I haven't seen it once yet, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Oh, oh you got to watch it. You got to watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will. Yeah, I will. yeah I've seen it twice. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, I think that movie really did well in the fact of like they didn't know if it was going to be like pre the DC change or after. And it was just kind of like just put it in its own little spot and don't really worry about connecting. Like, really, you know, like they have some little references to other things, but it's not like I feel like major plot connections to really like anything that's currently happening before or after. Like, so I, I think it's it's a good little movie for that, you know? Like, you don't really have to care where it falls in the timeline, in my opinion. So. Nice. Uh, Superman Legacy. James Cunn confirms that Superman Legacy will not be pushed in a special message thanks, thanking the crew via social media. He says, thanks to the efforts of our talented crew who never lost faith during the longest strikes in Hollywood history and who never let their foot off the pedal continuing to barrel forward, creating the most amazing character and set designs I've seen in my entire career. Superman Legacy will be making the already, or I'm sorry, the originally planned release date of July 2025. So. You excited about that one, Alex? Superman Legacy? Unfortunately, I'm not the biggest Superman <laughs> fan. Although I will say what is exciting is all the other characters that they've talked about being in that movie, like I think Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, Mr. Terrific, Hawk Girl. I'm more excited about like all the other additional characters. I right. think like some of the characters that have been rumored to be in that movie makes me almost feel like it's a Justice League movie and not a Superman movie, you know, but like it, it, it is what it is. I think they're trying to set up a lot of, like, characters. And I think the arrival of Superman is going to be one of those things in the DC world with Superman Legacy where it's going to be like, he's such a powerful being. Everybody's going to kind of be like, who is this guy? And it's going to kind of, like, set up alarms. Like, everybody's going to be, like, so alarmed that this incredibly powerful person just appears out of nowhere and is, like, doing all these amazing feats and everything. And I feel like that's why you'll probably see all these other characters kind of, like, coming to kind of figure out who he is most likely but yeah um i'll 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 definitely probably watch it at some point um i am uh you know i'm interested to see what they do with all those other characters to be honest more than superman so i like your language there though i'll definitely probably watch it (laughs) (laughs) unless my son wants to see it right away i'll probably wait until it comes on streaming (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think like you know we've talked about the other Superman show, Superman and Lois, recently. Like that is such a good show. Like I just happened to watch that because Tyler Hecklin was in Supergirl. I used to watch Supergirl, and then he was in Crisis of Infinite Earths and all that. So you know, you kind of had this little thing where he kept going, and I really liked his Clark Kent. And yeah, so. Um, I think we're kind of just, you know, and uh, I want to see Brainiac as a villain. I don't think we're going to see Brainiac in that movie, but, you know, like, I'm just like, somebody just please make a Superman movie with Brainiac as the villain, please, you know? So, waiting for Isn't it. it. strange? You, you just said there about Tyler Hecklin and you really liked his Clark Kent. And um, it's been said many times before that um, a lot of people really like, um, so like Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker. And isn't mm-hmm. it funny how we can like so with superheroes who have got uh, you know um secret identities or the two identities this is it funny we can like one of their identities and, or like them as the hero or like them as their as their civvy identity but like not like them for both or or like prefer one over the other like they're not it's not just they play that that character it's they play that side of that character really well isn't it it's, it's funny how that they don't go hand in hand all the time yeah, I feel like when you have characters like Spider-Man with, like, dual identities, Peter Parker or Spider-Man, for instance, like, it's like, I love Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker, but I love Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. And, you know, like, I I know that's weird, but it's like, you know, it, there was nothing wrong with, you know, Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, but I like Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man better. I think he looks better in the suit. I feel like he said some funny lines and stuff like that, you know? And I felt like he just wasn't really nerdy enough for me as Peter Parker, you know, like, I just, I didn't really get the vibes like, like he's like skateboarding and stuff like that. And I'm like, this just doesn't really feel like Peter Parker to me. Like, you know, um, so like I get what they kind of like tried to do, but like, you know, it's one of those things like that's the hardest part for me with Tom Holland is I feel like Tom Holland's kind of like a balance of Spider-Man before. I don't really like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I, you know, I know that's kind of controversial, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's just my opinion. I, I really like Toby as Peter Parker and Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. So, yeah, I, I like Tom Holland more. I think as Peter Parker, I think mm-hmm. they got that side of Tom Holland's character better than actual Spider-Man. But I mm-hmm. definitely um, Garfield is my favorite Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just can't get past that dance. <laughs> oh, oh, the Toby Maguire dance! Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I'm, also, I'm also not the biggest Toby Maguire fan either. So, what was yeah. Garfield Spider-Man's line? Oh no, small knives, my greatest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, I think that unfortunately, I think the Spider-Man third movie for Toby Maguire kind of wasn't what it was really set out to be. I think that kind of like really hurt, you know, yeah, that, that, that franchise. And I almost am kind of glad that. Andrew Garfield didn't get a third movie because, like, I felt like it may have not been as great as the previous two Andrew Garfield movies with maybe, like, the directions and stuff they were talking about. But, you know, for for them to all three be in Tom Holland's third movie, I thought that was... As much as I don't really, like, plan to ever rewatch that movie, I thought it was really good what they kind of did there, and it's, like, you know, very cool to see all of them on screen together, you know? But Garfield was the closest we were going to come to the Sinister Six, though, it seemed like, on screen, because they were teasing that setup. They had the whole room of suits they had there. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully, if they would have brought the Rhino back in his Spider- Amazing Spider-Man 3, it wouldn't have been mechanical. It would have been an actual mutation-type thing or person. Um, but um, that that script they were talking about was his dad didn't die, you know, 
in Spider-Man 3, or maybe Spider-Man 3, that Shailene Woodley would have been Mary Jane Watson, that they kind of were heading towards that Sinister Six. I, that felt like it was going to be a pretty good film. I, I wish we, we could have gotten that and still gotten the Hall and stuff in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And they were going to go towards that, like, his blood, the reason why he was bit yeah. and got the powers was because of his blood, and yeah. that was, like, mixed with his father's DNA, and that's why he got the powers, and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So I think that would have been really cool and really interesting. I just think it would have been one of those things that it's hard to do something like that. Like, it was hard for them when they made the third Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire to have all those, like, have the villains and everything all in one movie. When you have Sandman and Venom, and then he's fighting Harry at the same time, but then Harry switches sides. You yeah. know, it's just like, there's so much going on in that movie, so. A lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. I hope we do get all three back though for for Secret Wars because I watched um, uh, No Way Home on the plane ride here, mm-hmm. um, and just the whole thing. Once they figured out how they're going to fight together and they can fight together, you know, Peter one, Peter two, Peter three. <laughs> I hope we see all three of them in Secret Wars, uh, and we see their fight with all three of them teaming up again. Yeah. Uh, from the chat here, this reference to Blue Beetle. Uh, same Andy, I was planning to watch it, but got hella busy. This is from Ali HS. Uh, Ali HS also says, Mine's Garfield as an actor, but Holland is written better in my opinion. I almost see myself in him, you know, in a world that's filled with these superheroes growing up as a fan of them. Oh, that's good, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, the, the, my biggest complaint about the Holland one was that he was too Iron Man-ish, especially as he started going from Far From Home into no way home so um where was i at next uh the news here uh, okay okay lots of yeah uh legend of zelda nintendo Ooh. is developing a live action adaptation of the legend of zelda in an official announcement the film will be produced by shiguru marimoto uh and avi arad who is most famous for his work on the spider-man films it seems they also have a director in maze runners west ball co-funded by nintendo and sony pictures sony pictures will also distribute the movie globally so there you go we are getting our video game universe i was never really a massive zelda fan you know i wasn't either i wasn't i was just gonna say i remember majora's mask was like a very popular game though and i feel like they could totally do something with that but oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah, I never could really get into it either. Um, there were some popular games, but yeah. yeah. I, I was a big fan of it, like A Crane of Time, Majora's Mask, uh, the original mm-hmm. Zelda series stuff. The one I really like, though, is Link to the Past, when you kind of have the, the the present time and the past, and you, you kind of have to go back and forth to, to, to continue the game and beat things. I think that would be a pretty cool Zelda movie. I also like the new one with um, on Nintendo, not the Breath of the Wild or the, the RP, like the massive... We were driving around doing stuff, not that one, but the one that was more like the old school where the egg is on the the mountain. I can't remember which one that is. Let me look it up real quick. Mm-hmm. That's the one I love on the Switch, the more recent one. Um, hold on. I just hope we work towards like a Super Smash Brothers movie or something at some point where we make like, you know, eight different movies in the Nintendo universe and then pull all these characters in and we have Master Hand pit them in like a combat like scenario to the to the last standing one or something. Bloodsport. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to. I just want to see Master Hand floating over the Final Destination thing, you know, and like it's just that big floating like platform in space, and they fight on it. I think that would be so cool, you know. It was uh, Link's Awakening. 
So, you know, also be a pretty cool movie to do. You guys have played the game Monster Boy. I think so. Where no. Monster Boy can go around and he has like those those uh, things where he can turn into like a gargoyle. He can turn to like like different oh. animals, like a snake, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think I know. What you, I know what you yeah, said. there was a, there was an old school game, and they made that game for Switch. I would love to see that as a movie too. That'd be kind of fun. Uh, I'd quite like to see a Super Mario Kart movie done, but like yeah. Fast and Furious style. <laughs> <laughs> so you you got to have Vin Diesel uh, voice Toad and say the family line. I was <laughs> yeah. going to say Mario throws the blue shell and then like knocks the first person in first place out and he's like family and then crosses <laughs> yeah. the finish line. You know, like it'd be so funny. Um, speak, speaking of Super Mario, uh, it sounds like Super Mario Bros. is turning into a franchise itself. Yes. Um, Universal Pictures describes the Super Mario Brothers movie as a new franchise, possibly addressing a sequel. Uh, the Super Brother Mario, I'm um, sorry, the Super Mario Brothers movie will be on Netflix December third. Ah, uh, awesome! Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that again. I've really enjoyed that actually. Great movie. It was a really good. Movie. It's on Peacock now, I believe. It's been on Peacock for a while. So, um, last thing for the news: Avatar: The Last Airbender. The trailer was released last week. It will be on Netflix February twenty second, twenty twenty four. So nice, nice. If you, if so you haven't watched that animated show, it is one of the greatest animated shows ever. And like, oh man, the story is so excellent. And uh, yeah, so really interested to see how they do that live action show because the movie that they did was not very good in my opinion. With the uh, was it M Night Shyamalan that did the did the movie? It was not very good. I did not like that movie, but. Um, apparently this, this TV show is supposed to be a lot better and it's a very powerful story. It, it handles themes like genocide and stuff like that in the show. And it's, it was originally a children's show, which is crazy. Um, you know, but, um, like, you know, I think I watched it when I was like 10 or 11 years old. So, um, but it's, it's such a great show and the, um, they did like sequels and spinoffs of it, that books, uh, comics, you know, all kinds of stuff. So excellent excellent story nice nice stuff um brilliant great show guys um Jaren, where can they catch us you can catch the the live stream on twitter but if you're on twitter and want to be in the chat make your way over to our facebook page one of our facebook groups uh kick trovo twitch or youtube and then we post our shorts that we do, like our commercials and other stuff from the group on Instagram, uh, slash threads, and TikTok. Awesome. Um, oh, here we go. One last thing from all EHS. I hope they don't mess it up like they did with Cowboy Bebop and Death Note. Fingers crossed. I actually kind of enjoyed Cowboy Bebop. It was enjoyable. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, like as accurate as it wanted to be, but I actually enjoyed it watching it, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Death Note, but I've heard people complained about how that looked in live action versus the animation. And I can, I think some characters are really hard to bring into live action that are kind of like, you know, like almost otherworldly characters sometimes. It's almost hard, like it's easier to put them in animation than it is to put them mm -hmm. in live action. Because like, even with all the CGI in the world, like you sometimes end up with the Solomon Grundy Stargirl situation, which you know exactly what I'm talking about. Hopes like, and oh. wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just like, oh, God, this looks terrible. Why did we do this? Like, you know, and it's just like, you could have saved the CGI budget and put that into, like, 
another fight scene or something if we just sort of like not include i get but why then, you wanted to do it but it's but just, in the whole nightmare world they did it pretty cool right yeah 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 did. So. and i loved um uh eclipse or, or whatever yeah. his name is um but uh but yeah um yeah that that solomon grundy is just rough. man was it rough <laughs> so all right good stuff uh ali hs thanks for catching us thanks for the sub uh nostalgia pub blast always there great stuff uh, we'll see you next week. We're going to have that Marvel's conversation hopefully next Monday. We Catch should be in. unless anything changes schedule-wise. So, Awesome. Catch you then. Bye. Hey, you guys.